Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Brown Ambition Christmas or whatever you celebrate. But we've got a present for you listeners. Yes, if you are looking for the perfect gift for the Brown Ambition fan in your life, head to brownambitionstore.com to get 25% off during our massive holiday sale. This deal will not be here long, so go to brownambitionstore.com and use the promo code, what is it, Tiffany? Ho, 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 but H-O-H-O-H-O. Don't get fresh now. (laughs) Use promo code ho, ho, ho to get 25% off your Brown Ambition orders. Again, this deal won't last forever, or will it? Because maybe I'll forget to stop it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Go to brownambitionstore.com, y'all. Happy, happy holidays. Hey, 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 we're back, mm-hmm. we're black, mm-hmm. we're brown, mm-hmm. ambition. Can you tell me, you can tell I could do like, I'm doing a shoulder shimmy. Can you hear it in my voice? Shoulder shimmy, shoulder shimmy, shoulder shimmy. I was, shoulder shimmy. I was distracted by my own lack of like rhythm <laughs> when I was trying to go, <laughs> trying to harmonize, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Hello, happy post Thanksgiving, everybody. I know. How was your Thanksgiving, Mandra? It was a whirl effing wind. Let me just tell you. I feel like I'm still recuperating. It was it was great, though. It was as good as it could have been with, you know, the pandemic and Zoom and all of that. But as you all know, my baby's first birthday was on Thanksgiving Day. And I would say the prep work began a week before the big day. I mean, I was baking cakes all weekend in preparation for his birthday cake and then all of the Thanksgiving food. I just, like, did the most. But it was really nice. We had... Uh, my, we had my husband's brother and sister-in-law and then his mom came and then we had a whole, you know, a whole party on, on Zoom. But, you know, baby, baby Rio had a had a magical first birthday. I will say, though, do you ever get like after a big event, you feel like a little bit down afterward? I think it was like all the adrenaline pumping. But the last few days I have just been like ragged, raggedy, ragged, ragged. It doesn't really help matters that the day of his first birthday, and if you're a new mom and you breastfeed, like your baby, you're nursing, you know, throughout the day all the time for the first year. That's what's recommended by the experts. And I had always told myself like, okay, after 12 months, if he's still into it, you know, we'll try to wean because I would like my boobs back and like my freedom to not have to be, you know, around all the time. And I thought it would be a long process and like I was going to have to ease him out of it because, oh, he like loves mommy and he's so attached and like (laughs) it's our special time. Homeboy woke up the morning of his first birthday, took one look at my boobs and was like, no, I'm good. And he has a nurse. (laughs) I'm not kidding. He was like, mommy, didn't you know the American Society of Pediatrics (laughs) recommends only until 12 months? So we good. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Because honestly, I know so many moms who are like, the kid is like, girl, if you don't come over here with those boobs. I know. Well, there was this whole like viral thread. Um, I've, I'm on this uh, Black Black Girl Magic Peloton edition on Facebook, and it's just an amazing community. And this one thread was going viral. This woman posted a picture of her like toddler nursing while she was on the bike. And I was like, oh, wow. you know. And then just dozens of other moms started posting about their 16-month-old, their 22-month-old, how they just are still on the boob. And yeah, I've, I'm blessed, but I wasn't expecting that at all. So I think there's also this um, little known effect when you stop breastfeeding all of a sudden where you have like a, like a hormone crash. So I feel like I'm riding yeah. that wave down. But it's okay. I'll bounce back. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, mean, I never thought about that. That would make sense. I mean, your body, do you, I mean, this was a lot more than you bargained for. You're like, girl, I just want to know how the turkey tasted. Like, why no, that's your that's good. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're a mom who's who's dealt with that, it's yeah, they they just don't talk about it. But after you, because you have to produce so much hormones to make food for your oh. baby for so long, and it's just like after you give birth, you you know that's why postpartum depression and anxiety are so common or not so common, but why they happen is, you know, all of a sudden your body is the, pro, the hormones you were producing to sustain that life are crashing okay. and similar things happen when you are no longer breastfeeding. That's why they say, don't do it cold Turkey. But my baby had other okay. plans. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I would like to try other things like orange juice and wild sockeye salmon. instead." <laughs> Um, he's like, I can't believe he's only turning one. Because honestly, you know he looks too, right? He does. I know. He gets mistaken for it. I mean, I've, he, we've met other like, young babies, not close, but I've seen them from afar. And and he's he's in the 99 percentile for height. Um, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, because Rio's really tall. I was like, that's his one? I was thinking that. I was like, wait. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah. He is. Walking all over well, the place. Well, honestly... I feel like you've got tall in your family, right? Yeah. I mean, my husband's side is pretty tall. My side's pretty above average. So, you know, I he he I don't know where he puts it because he eats like so much. I think he's also he's also very active. Like he, now he walks yeah. and he's all over the house. And it's so cute seeing him become more confident um, walking. And he runs and he oh, my brother got him a little Benz for his birthday, like a baby Benz. It's I love it. That's what uncles are for. If, if not to give you a baby, but who's going to give you a baby buns but your uncle? Why ain't your uncle Drake? <laughs> right? That is what Uncle Drake would give. Yeah, so he's all over the place. He's got a lot of energy. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I I think I also too, and y'all know I've talked about like my struggles with anxiety through having the baby and all that. And I really came out on the other side of that so much stronger. But I look back and I think I was just... In my mind, I had made his first first birthday like this finish line, like just make it to his first birthday. Like you're gonna you're gonna do it. You can do this. Like you got it. And then it came and went, and I'm like, oh, well, damn, no magical childcare has pro- cropped up, and the <laughs> the pandemic is still raging. And oh, okay, we gotta keep going. All right, so we we took a moment, we celebrated. Now on to the next marathon, I guess. Yeah. Yep. But how well, was my Thanksgiving? How was this, yours? Your catered you know, affair? It, it was good. Honestly, I did my usual. Vonda cooked. I was like, yes, Vonda. It was so crazy. I called her the week before. And I was like, hey, Vonda. She's like, she, all, her first words out of her mouth were, I got you for Thanksgiving. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> she knew our <laughs> I was calling to be like. So we had the traditional 
blackly black Thanksgiving affair, like macaroni and cheese, collard greens and candied yams. I asked her to do a fry, a small fried turkey, which was, I don't even like turkey. Slamming. Mm, yum. Um, you know, so um, potato salad, co- cornbread. It was really good. And although we couldn't, you know, like hang out with my parents, I did bring them some food the next day, all masked up, you know? Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, and then we did Zoom, too. So, but you know, it's just hard because Thanksgiving is really one of the holidays where we really do truly all get together. My sister usually flies up from Chicago with the baby and her husband because his family also lives in um in Jersey too. So it just feels weird not, you know, not connecting. Although it was nice to see folks. Yeah, it was, you know, we had Zoom playing for like the, the birthday song. Honestly, it was more birthday than Thanksgiving here, but we did. I made like sweet potato souffle and I made a turkey breast, but you know, we have, it was our, uh, Enrique's family's Dominican. So we had a big old, like the pernil was the center of the table. Just a big old. What's a pernil? I was going to say, what's a pernil? Pernil is roasted pork and it's delicious. And I do love, I'm not going to lie. You know, I always say like, I don't really eat pork, but you put a a glazed ham in front of me, I'm tearing it up. (laughs) Like it's one of those things we're like, I don't really eat. Oh, but I eat that. Yeah, I eat eat that. that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his mom makes the best pernil. So she made the pernil and I knew she was bringing it. So I made a very tiny, sad turkey breast, but just, you know, just to tick that box. But really what I spent the most time doing was baking and fulfilling every ambition I had of being on any baking show. And I can confirm I could not be a baker. I don't know how bakers do it day in and day out. I never want to see cake again. And if you are fortunate enough to be a neighbor, you have gotten at least half a pound of cake delivered to you because we had that much cake left over. But I was pretty proud. I was I made I made my I made him a sloth shaped birthday cake and it was a labor of love and he tore it the heck apart right away. Oh, I, first of all, I was like, that cake looked like, I was like, wait, is that what Mandy was working on? Because I saw, I think you did a story where you showed like, you know, you were working on the cake and I was like, oh, what is this going to be? It looks so good. I'm not going to lie. You know how it's like, you know, um, what they asked for, what they got. Yeah. No, it looked like. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to be posting like a nailed it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. No, but yeah. it looks so good. I was like, wow. It, yeah, you did an excellent job. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'm over here like plug. So I, I'm doing my, well, um, y'all know I've been doing IVF for like a thousand years. So this cycle that I'm doing is like a, a, a test cycle because I've got one little embryo left, but they want to do like a test cycle because I guess when they, when they implant an embryo, it can be like one of two days that are your ideal days. Mm. And and usually, you know, they they kind of guesstimate. And because people have like 20, 30 embryos, they're like, oh, we'll just guesstimate, you know? But with me, they're like, girl, we cannot guesstimate. So instead, they put you through the cycle. We're putting me through the cycle. They do it's literally called a mock cycle where I have to go in tomorrow, day one, and they're gonna test my lining, uterus lining, and then I have to go on day two. So they can see, oh, Tiffany's a day two girl, you know? But when I tell you, I'm like, I didn't, I honestly didn't eat that much. During Thanksgiving, I stopped at like 6.30. I had one plate. I just wasn't like, you know, super, um, like I wasn't super hungry. And then, but I had been putting on weight like crazy. So finally I called them. I was like, is it, is this, this, is this the estrogen? And they were like, oh yeah, girl. Mm. Cause I'm like, I put on like five pounds in like a week and a half. And I've been intermittent fasting, walking and drinking my apple cider vinegar. I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Oh Lord, that's so frustrating. <laughs> it is. And but thankfully, I mean, like after these two, I'll, you know, I, I'll, they'll, they'll probably take like a month before I start to cycle for real, for real. So I'll be able to come down. So they have, I'm taking estrogen four different ways. So there's like a patch, there's a shot that I take, there's a pill, and then there's a um, suppository. 
And Ooh. I'm just like, so it's like, I know, fun times. So Listen, you're like, what's the depository y'all came, here? Y'all came to the right show if you're a new listener. This is, I know. This is well, what first Brown of Ambition all, is. Right? Where's our friend, Miss Who Don't Want to Hear About My Uterus? Hey, girl. Right? Well, now she knows about my plugged ducks, okay? And they are painful. And I don't have any cabbage leaves. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. So, it's just... Uh, the horn, like it's like I guess I'm just like pumped, pumped, pumped mm. uh, for the hormones. So I'm like I was just I'm, I'm not like you know like weepy or anything like that, but I definitely have been like super tired. And like I said, I'm like gaining weight when I haven't been eating like crazy. So that's fun times. Uh, I just hope that like you know. So say a prayer if you believe in prayer. But like you know, this time around it looks like I said it's just a mock. But then the next time I I do my cycle, it's really like kind of like our last hurrah with IVF. And then after that, we would just, I guess, try naturally. Um, I know. So it's like... I hear there's... My sister-in-law came downstairs. They're staying with us, which has been amazing. They, uh, She came downstairs today and she was like, there's going to be a lunar eclipse tonight. So you should, you know, if you want to set an intention, it's a good time. I was like, what? Apparently around the lunar eclipse is when it's a good, I don't know, it's a good time to make like a resolution or like hope for something in the future. So... Tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna think about your embryo and um, yes. your uterine lining, and it won't <laughs> yes. be weird at all. <laughs> I know. My mother was like, "I'm a prayer warrior. Don't worry. I'm gonna talk to Jesus." I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay. Thanks, mommy." <laughs> Yes. Sometimes you just gotta. I don't pray that often, but I remember when uh, when Rio was being born and he didn't want to come, and they were coming at me with that knife. Not really, not literally, but they were threatening yeah. the C-section. I was like, "Hey, baby, it's time to go." <laughs> um. Anyway, well. No one has been through it more than you have, it seems. Um, it's it's just, and you've handled it with such grace. And I know it hasn't, I mean, obviously it's been like ups and downs and ups and downs. And I'm really proud, really proud of you. You've been so tough. If this baby, if if it, if his name ain't Miracle, I don't know what other names here. And I'm like, you better never talk about This better be the most, the <laughs> sweetest non-crying baby. We were talking about <laughs> pressure on first generation babies. What about like the last embryo babies? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, do you know that you were the last embryo? Do you know how oh, God, Ma, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, so you gonna bring me home a B plus? <laughs> do you know what I had to do? <laughs> uh, I just pray that he doesn't have a big head like my husband because, Lord, have mercy. Oh, God. Well, you know, they start out small. They do. Don't worry. I know, but I heard he was born with that big nugget. I was like, Lord, <laughs> C-section for me. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, honestly, it's been, it's just been, despite all the pandemic and all the, I just feel like in such a, a better space. So many of y'all have reached out to Stephanie from Navi Psych, the um, the therapist finder. I just spoke with my um, one of my friends today. She was like, oh my gosh, she was amazing. I spoke to my other friend. He was like, oh my gosh. He's like, did you cry? I'm like, of course I cried. Like, because you do like a session with her and then she figures out like, like what you need. Like one of my friends um, from college, she was like, she takes like meds and she was like, okay, you need a, a therapist that is also a psychotherapist. So that way understands like what meds are going to, you know, like how meds are interacting with, with your hormones, you know, and other things that you have going on. Stephanie's just amazing because to, to be able to have a therapist kind of 
like listen, hear you, understand, and then pair you because sometimes you don't even know what you need. I just have to say like, that was just, and just to hear the feedback from like so many people hitting me up. It was just, it's just been amazing. And I feel like in such a better space because I start with my, um, I start with my person that she connected me with um, um, uh, December 11th. So I'm like so jazzed about it because it's been three years we've been talking about it. And so to, mm-hmm. to say like, it's happening, it's happening. So I'm so happy yeah, for it's you. Just, Thank you. I text my therapist when he stopped breastfeeding. I was like, Lauren, he's off the phone. <laughs> She's like, it's fine. We'll talk about it on Thursday. Um, <laughs> I love that's it. just the relationship I have with uh, with my therapist. No, well, that's amazing. And for people who maybe you didn't hear that episode or you forgot, Navi, it's called Navi Psych, right? Mm-hmm. N A V I. P-S-Y-C-H. Her name is Stephanie. I don't get any money, just so you know. Yeah, know. we don't get money. She's just awesome. But, yeah, uh, we, we don't. Might, but she just have her on the show. That'd be dope. And That would be. So she's like a, yeah, she's a connector. She'll talk to you, interview you, and then match you with a therapist. And she works nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yep, she works nationwide. Okay. And she's a therapist herself, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then she just also has like a wide pool of therapists and places that she pulls from. And, but, this, but you know, like how teachers have a ton of teacher friends. She also has a lot of therapist people like in her personal network. So she's also using that network to be like, Mm-hmm. Do you know somebody who that that that? And see, what I love too, it's not just the connection. She also t- like takes your insurance information. So if you're like, I really need a therapist that works with my insurance, she will find that match as well. So it's like honestly awesome all around. Amazing. We'll put a link to Navi Psych in our show notes. And yeah, I, I if it it's never too late to start your mental health journey. And you know, I mean, we can plug our partner BetterHelp if you want like a nice way, an easy way to entry an entry point into therapy. I know my sisters use BetterHelp, which is an online talk therapy service, and it's just it's never too late. And this year, yes. and I think it's the same realization I had after Rio's first birthday, which is like, oh yeah, we're still in this pandemic, and it's been a year. And I think. Even just like having someone to talk to and reflect on how the last year, how things have, you know, been so crazy, it's it's just so, so helpful. So we hope that y'all are taking care of your mental health in whatever way you can. And that's a, yeah, thanks for sharing that resource, Tiff. No problem. Anything else you want to chit-chat about? And if you guys, if you need like a little, because I know it's a little crazy. I mean, although we know who won the election and I know it's a little crazy, I still have to plug, like, I love that Instagram account, um, Neil. Um, what was his last name? He is a um, he's a Supreme Court attorney. I think that's what he says. But he is Neil Katal, K A T Y A L. Neil Katal. He is a Supreme a Supreme Court lawyer, a law professor, um, and he's a former acting solicitor general. So this guy is just like. And, oh, and he said he argued 41 cases in front of RBG. So he's just brilliant. But what he does is every day he does like this mini like episode on Instagram called Courtside. And I listen to it to calm my political nerves because he breaks down in layman's terms what's happening as far as like, you know, like the the with what's happening with the former administration, their refusal to accept defeat. Uh, and um, but also like what's actually happening in the court system, like what what um you know, what, what's being handed down, you know, what's, what, what's actually happening. Like, it's one thing that the, the current administration will say on TV, uh, fraud, fraud, fraud. But then when they actually file the paperwork in court, they don't say fraud because you can actually be liable and go to jail for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like, if you, 
for me, I'm someone who, you know, I, there was a lot of worry for me, but that that page helped to calm my nerves because I get to hear from this, like, you know, legal perspective, what's actually happening, no spin, no whatever, but like, oh, this is what happened in court today. Great. Good to know. So yeah, Neil Katal, that's my dude. Yeah, I love him. I, I followed him once you mentioned him on the last show. He's dope. Isn't he good? He's really good. And this is a good time to plug, and promise we'll go to questions after this, but I have to plug the Georgia Senate runoff election is happening. Yes. So yes. if you haven't um, requested your mail-in ballot, go ahead because the election is happening the first week of January. So if you're planning any holiday travel, just get it done, get it out of the way. I'm already harassing. I've cast an even wider net this time in terms of who Dude. I am uh, badgering in my family in Georgia. But this Senate race is so, so important. And yes. as a quick reminder, there's two Senate seats up for grabs in Georgia at the same time, which is very rare. And these two seats, if Democrats lose them, you know, we we're, we're really in trouble. I think that yeah. if, if if there hasn't been one takeaway from the Trump administration, it's that if the Democrats or the party that you want in power doesn't control the House and Senate, then really policies that you want to get passed just won't go anywhere. So yeah, we really won't. need, um, you know, Tiffany and I are obviously progressive Democrat um, leaning, but we really need the majority in the Senate. So if you know anyone in Georgia, please let them know to go out there and vote. We need, need, need big, big turnout. So you can check out IWillVote.com. It's a fantastic resource. It has all the information you'll need on voting locations and early mail-in ballots and all that jazz. We'll put a link to uh, it, our, the notes in our podcast. And even if it's not you, but you have a friend, a cousin, an uncle, coworker, whatever in Georgia, um, it doesn't hurt. It's not pushy, maybe a little bit pushy, but it doesn't hurt to, <laughs> to remind them of key dates and deadlines and, and hold them a tiny bit accountable. Okay. 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 And that <laughs> is the tea. <laughs> <laughs> the tea with Mandy and Tiffany. Oh, I like that. I like that. Spinoff show. <laughs> You'll be right back with some of y'all's questions. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We are back, y'all, with your questions. Again, you can hit us up with your questions. We love to hear them. Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. We're also Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. 
the old-fashioned way. But here, let's take a question from Instagram. This comes from listener Mika. I think I pronounced that right. Yep, she gave me a ooh, very handy phonetic spelling of her name, Mika. Mika says, my man and I are so proud that we've saved $10,000 for our wedding. This is the number that I had in mind for what I wanted to budget for a low-key event. We've been together for eight years and are domestic partners. In California, it's almost like you're married. I don't see us getting married for a couple of years, though. Where would you recommend we keep this nugget of cash for a happy day? I was thinking of setting it aside in a stock market index fund. Love you and Tiff so much. Thank you for all your hard work. And I think possibly most of all, sharing your humanity while still being a boss. Aw. Thanks, Mika. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think a lot of couples might be in this situation. If you were planning to get married Uh this year, you might have like a little pocket of cash that you were, oop, that was my phone being dropped on the floor. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Pocket of cash, you know, that is on hold. Yeah. Until you get married next year or the year after. This is interesting. So with any kind of investing, because you're talking about, you know, taking this 10K and putting it in the market. For me personally, the time horizon, even though it's two years out, is pretty short. And I don't... I was going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right? I mean, two years is still, you know, especially with the market, we're not done with this economic crisis that we're in. I know the market has made a huge comeback this week. I think my 401k was like, girl, you up 15%. I was like, thank you. (laughs) But it's been up and down and up and down. And I think it will continue to be that way, you know, in the coming months. So who knows what could happen? I I, I personally don't think that's the best move for something that you're going to want to pull out. And especially I know how weddings work. Having <laughs> I'm an expert. I was married. Um, well, any, <laughs> yeah. any big event, you don't always pay the day of your wedding. So even though your wedding date's yeah. two years out, your wedding deposits might have to go down within a yes. year. Um, you know, so I, and you're, and you're buying stuff up until the day, especially if it's a mm-hmm. low key event, you're doing your own flowers or whatnot. I think you just park it in a high yield, you know, savings account, maybe a CD, but even mm-hmm. that again, maybe not over a year because otherwise you're going to lock it up and you'll pay a fee if you take it out earlier, um, with a CD and rates aren't that hot right now anyway. So yeah, that's anything you want to add to that, Tiff? Yeah, I would say like, I mean, if you are really itching to do a little something to Mandy's point, like, you know, you, you're going to be paying for things before. It's not like that, that ah, wedding day. Here's my 10,000. But if you are itching to say, but I want to do a little something, maybe take a quarter of it, like 2,500. And maybe if you were going to put it in an index fund, if it means that much to you to see if you can get something out of it. But yeah, two years is kind of a short time horizon. Ideally, you would like, you know, three to five years minimum to really see if your money's going to move and shake. And although, because I saw this on um, IG and I'm not going to lie, it grated my gears. Is that what Peter from um, Family Guy says? This grates my gears, <laughs> grinds my gears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? So... It grinded my gears. It was this guy who was an investor and clearly, you know, pretty savvy. He was like, my investments are up a thousand percent since the beginning of the year. I told y'all don't save and to invest your money anyway and to invest your money instead. And I wanted to like throw the phone that (laughs) because like great for you. But if someone invested without doing any sort of savings in the beginning of the year and their money didn't go up a thousand percent, instead it was down you know, 10, 20%, because maybe they chose individual stocks and, you know, they just didn't choose stocks that went up and now they have kids to feed. So what are we saying? So I just like, investing is not the end all be all. It's going to save you from all the things. Mm. So it should never, you should never put money in that you absolutely need in the next, 
ideally in the next five years or so. So like I said, if you are going to put a little something, maybe 25%, $2,500 and, and see where it goes. But knowing that, you know what? At least we have 7,500 that we can rock and roll with. Um, but congratulations. That's, you know, that's awesome. All right, Mika, thank you so much for your question. And thanks for listening. Real quick, I wanted to, you know, you guys send really lovely messages sometimes. And even though they're not questions, I thought it would be nice to like read one of them once in a while. So this is a note from one of our followers on IG named Melanie. She says, thank you for last week's episode when you all said it's okay not to be saving due to what's going on around us. Prior to this, I was doing a decent job and I was planning to pick it up this year, but furlough changed that. But thank you for saying it's okay. We pressure ourselves sometimes, and we just needed to hear that. Four hard emojis. You're welcome. Because it is hard. I mean, we we're so hard. Like, no, you're not tasked to be financially perfect. You're tasked to do the best you can with where you are. And sometimes the best you can is literally nothing. There's times that I was like, "Girl, savings. I need to eat. Like, what am I going to eat?" You know, or like you've made financial mistakes and you beat yourself up. And sometimes you're just like, well, how long are we going to do this? How long? I get it. I shouldn't have used my credit card to buy all those clothes. Okay, we're here now. Now what? So I just, I'm I'm literally, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'm just like, Tiffany, I get it. But how is this helpful? Like you don't have to beat yourself up. It's not helpful. It's not healthy. And it's okay to take responsibility. This is something I... I I think it was Stephanie who said this, um, either Stephanie or or, uh, or uh, Dr. Green, who I'm working with now. I was sharing with her. I was so proud of myself. I was like, yeah, I'm really self-aware because I know that I mess up like this and I mess up like that. And I did this. She's like, hmm, I don't know that that's self-awareness. It sounds like you're just critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> because I was so proud that I easily point out every flaw of mine. And she's like, Tiffany. <laughs> Self-aware is to see all sides of yourself, that you are aware of yourself as a complete flawed, but also fabulous human being. I don't hear any of the fabulous. Mm. And I was like, um, yeah, so uh, next week? <laughs> like, So I just think that that's important, that we are really hard on ourselves, and I, I think especially women. And um, I don't know, just giving you a big old financial hug. You don't have to be perfect. You just do the best that you can with what you have. And then when you have different, then you do differently. I love that. Absolutely. And just give yourself grace. Pretend like you're talking to a friend. I think we all could use... We all just need to give ourselves a break. I think that's been the hardest part of this year is knowing when to just be like, listen, done is better than perfect. Another day is in the books and you survived. And that's sometimes that's all you can you know, expect of yourself. So yes, we're never here to set unrealistic expectations. I don't want to do that for myself. I don't want to do it for y'all. I just think that is a recipe for just discontent, you know, and lack of joy and it's no way to live. And I think the older I get, the the more I realize that. All right. Well, thank you for that message, Melanie. That was really sweet. Let's... It was. We should do more of those. I like those. I like. We like when y'all say nice stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. You don't have to just send us questions. Send us praise. Send us praise <laughs> or any anecdotes. Yeah, you can hit us up. You know, Brown Ambition Podcast on, on IG or brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Let's, oh, this is a good one, Tiff, because we were, we were talking a little bit earlier about the pressures, you know, children have uh, with their parents. And this this reader or reader, this listener has a question about her parents. All right. She says, I'm 33 and the eldest of three children. I'm also the only child that isn't married or has kids. Here's the issue I need advice on. 
My parents are over 50. My mom is the primary breadwinner slash bill payer and makes decent money in the healthcare field working as an independent contractor. Neither of my parents, though, currently has health insurance, life insurance, or has money set aside for retirement. My mom does have about 20K in savings because she has to pay her business taxes. How do I get them to start thinking about setting money aside? And what types of investment slash retirement accounts should they be looking into? I feel like I'll be the one responsible for their care when they're no longer able to care for themselves and think that if they have even a small nest egg, it will help me sleep better at night. Thank you. Oof. This mm-hmm. is, this one hit me deep. This one's real. This is a... I feel her. I feel the the weight of responsibility on her shoulders, and part of me just mm. wants to grab it off and be like, um, "It's not your job." But at the- well, I can understand because it's hard because it's like, ah, are you gonna like? Because it's like, do do I let my parents flounder in 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 in? You know what I mean? Like, even mm-hmm. though it's not your job to take care of them, I think you'd be hard for us pressed to find a kid that. If their parent needed them in desperate times, what do you do? So I'm reading this book called, um, my, one of my new favorite authors right now, his name is Jonah Berger. I read his book called The Catalyst. No, I read his book called Contagious, you know, How Ideas Stick or something to that point. It was really good. Like if you're into like business and marketing, an excellent read. I Well, I listened to it via Audible, but still, whatever, that's reading. Um, so now I'm reading The Catalyst and The Catalyst is How to Change Anyone's Mind. So what's her name? Uh, anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> so, no so name. anonymous. We can call right? her Sarah. Right? So Sarah, one of the things that Jonah talks about is finding what he calls the movable middle. So if you are the extreme on one side of like a, say like a, a I don't know, the tennis court or a, a football field and your parents are on the other side. So your extreme is like, have all the fi- responsible financial things intact. And they're over here like, look, I'm just living day to day because 50 is still young, you know. Um, it's like, well, people are usually able to shift like either to the left or to the right of, of what their middle is. But if you are super far off in one direction or the other, it's really hard. So figure out what that middle is for them. So maybe the middle is, I got her to open up an online-only savings account. Great. So what happens with, with the movable middle is that if before she was saving nothing, but now she has an online-only savings account, you have moved the middle. Now, opening a savings account is not that far from opening a CD. Now you've moved the middle a little closer to you now. Opening a CD is not that far from getting her to open up a retirement account. Do you see? You can start to shift where the middle is and get closer and closer to your side of the field. So figuring out what's the move of the middle. What I used to say with um for like um, people who would reach out to me about their significant other is I would say, find the common denominator, find something that they're, that they're already in agreement with. Like with Superman, he was not a good saver. He wasn't an overspender, but he was an overgiver. He gave away all his money. And the, the only thing that we could both agree upon was Supergirl, his daughter, my, my, my bonus baby, is that he always agreed we should put a set aside money for her. So I started there. It was like a year of like, yeah, I know you want to give such and such cousin all your money, but did we put money in um, Supergirl's account? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, you know, I'm going to do that instead. And I'd be like, whew. So from <laughs> there, that was the movable middle. So if I can convince him to save for Supergirl, then I can convince him to save for vacation. Then I can convince him to save for a wedding. Then I can convince him to save for a house. And then you see what I mean? Now, like Superman and I are like talking about investing and buying the next investment property. But I had to slowly but surely find the movable middle and now he's living on budget nisa island um <laughs> doesn't <laughs> so even know how we got there 
I know. And happily there. What are talking about okay. is manipulation, but I love it. <laughs> but in a good way. In you know a good mean, way. Like, For their own benefit. I know. <laughs> Look at me. I'm like, it's a good way. <laughs> but it's. It's I don't even true. feel bad about it. They need it. So for your parents, I would just say find find a, a common denominator, the movable middle, and inch toward that. Don't don't try to drag them all the way over to your side. Yeah, I the the part that hit me deep is this feeling of if they don't get it, then I'm the one they're going to fall back on. And as the as a young woman in a family, the eldest of three, she says, with no children, I think society has shown when you're the daughter in a family, even if you have kids and a whole husband and or yep. a wife or whatever, like a lot of the, you know, responsibility of caring for elderly parents does fall on the on the female children's shoulders. So I think that that's a real risk and a real fear. And I think that I understand that stress. And also you're my exact same age. I see this happening to my elder sister. She's married, but she doesn't have children. And, you know, she's she's the one people don't mind bothering because like what she got going on, <laughs> which is not fair, which is not fair. Um, not. And I will say, you know, to, to Tiffany's point, too. I have been, I mean, I remember going back to when I was a little girl and my mom smoked, like all of, all of the elder people in my family smoked, but I used to hide her cigarettes. I'd hide her pack of misty menthol lights. I would take the whole box and put it at the top of the closet where she couldn't find it. I tried to get her to quit. I would like post pictures of charred cancer ridden lungs around the house when I did science projects. None of that extreme, like extreme work on my baby, my baby shoulders did much. It was maybe too much in the other direction. My mom had to just come to that you know, realization on her own. So I do feel like you you can you can state your case and tell them how you feel, but I, I, coming on too strong is what I'm trying to get at. That's that's been my downfall in the past. But to Tiffany's point, I, the the common denominator thing I think is going to be important, and I think you need to make it about them and not so much about you. Personally, mm-hmm. I have kind of played that. Oh well, if you don't get this under you know under control, then you're gonna have to rely on me. And that didn't go over so hot. They got pretty defensive. The thing about parents when they're older is they get really defensive when like you try to parent them. At least in my experience. So if you come at them like I need to take care of you because you can't take care of yourself, I've got a feeling you're gonna get some pushback because you know to their credit they're they're surviving. Maybe they don't have everything you want them to have, but they're taking care of themselves. They have, you know, stable income and and setting aside money for taxes and all of that. So maybe, you know, make start talking to them more about maybe their their future, you know, where they see themselves as retiring. But I don't know if you agree. What really for whatever what really scares me about her her question is the fact that they don't have health insurance and they're in their 50s. Yeah. Like that to me is quite terrifying and I I get it because look, she her her mother's an independent contractor and they probably you know they earn a decent income and those healthcare plans on the marketplace are very expensive so if you don't get in- insurance they can be very expensive if you don't qualify for subsidies right and i know i do know people who are you know small business owners or entrepreneurs and they just forego the insurance they take the tax hit or is there a, is there a tax penalty i forget did the, I don't did even the Republicans know, get rid of? Yeah, that's I actually, definitely... No, I think that was one of the the cornerstones of the Obamacare Act that actually Republicans took away was that tax hit. But anyway, regardless, it's it's expensive to get health care, but that is the, probably the biggest risk to their financial future. And I would just say, I didn't read this part of her question, but she mentions that she's helped them like by becoming. Nah, it's just my dog freaking out. She's helped them by becoming a co-signer on their mortgage. I would just be super mm. careful to not uh, like c- 
because, you know, worse comes to worse, if they get a bunch of medical debt and debt collectors come, you don't want to put your own financial security at risk. So yes, make sure that whatever, you know, you need to put your life jacket on first or what is it? Put your life Put your oxygen oh, oxygen mask. Yeah, I'm like, put, what? Yes, yes. Put your life jacket, oxygen, <laughs> oxygen yes. mask on first, and take and make sure that you're not setting yourself up to to get dragged down, you know, with them. But yeah, that that lack of healthcare is maybe where I would start because that to me is the biggest risk as they get as they get older. Um, it's it can be truly, I mean, one hospital visit can set you back tens of thousands of dollars, you know, for something innocuous, and that that's as you get older, there's just so much risk there. Yeah. And I and I would say this too is that one of the things that like you know I I got from the book The Catalyst is that when you're trying to push someone in a direction their natural reaction is to push back. You know, that a, a true catalyst creates an environment where the person changes of their own free will. So asking yourself, like, how can I create an environment where I'm not like, you need, I'm pulling you along. You need to do this. You need to do that. Instead of creating an environment where it's like, oh my gosh, mom, you know, I just signed up. I just used um, the healthcare website or Policy Genius, which is like a, a, a website that um, Mandy and I have both used. Um, I think you used it for your dad, right, Mandy? And I used it for myself before I got married. Oh, Policy um, Genius, I actually used them. I used, I did use them to shop for my life insurance policy ended up using quote wizard but they're okay. they're basically an insurance marketplace you can look up mm-hmm. all kinds of types of insurance through them health life yes. rental pet everything and so maybe you just maybe one of the things is like the hurdle like that's that's what's keeping folks back because it's, sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. to like oh i don't want to do a thing because all the work that i see it's involved so if 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 you become a catalyst by making the environment super easy by saying okay how can i remove some of the hurdles that she might have in mind for getting health insurance by doing most of the preliminary work ahead of time because you're right it is kind of scary and you know unfortunately sometimes you know we have to take care of our parents the way they took care of us. So good luck to you. And, you know, if you want, like I said, Catalyst by Jonah Berger was so good. I mean, halfway through it, but it's really teaching me how to not be so pushy and instead create an environment where, you know, people get to make decisions for themselves and hopefully they they turn my way. <laughs> no, I, I'm listening to you talk about it. I know it's like a business book, but I'm thinking of all the ways I use that those those tactics talking to family who voted for Trump last election, including my own mother, who whew, she did not vote for him this time around. She voted for Biden. Not only that, but homegirl had a Biden Harris sign in her front la- front yard, <laughs> yes. got Michelle Obama's book and put a Black Lives Matter sign in her front yard. And for her area in St. Louis, that was that was a big deal. So mm. and the way, you know, I had to and I thought back to that little girl with the with the cancer lung pictures and <laughs> like, like maybe we should try things a little bit differently this time, Mandy, and not like, you know, go so hard. But it was a four year, obviously, and it was having really slow safe conversations around um, around politics and her beliefs and race and my feelings and stuff. And honestly, yes. I had to really tamp down my emotions, my little brother and I both and my sister too, you know, put our emotions aside, be open to hearing her say some, you know, things that we did not agree with and slowly but surely chip, chip, chip away. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I, I think with, and I think, you know, you're at an age two anonymous, Sarah, where you're old enough to know, okay, I can't just like come in, you know, completely and just tell them what to do. It's got to be an open conversation, setting, you know, creating a safe space, no judgment, and try to slowly but surely, even just bringing up topics like insurance, 
like and, and understanding, you know, just kind of interviewing them and maybe see what, what hangups they have or maybe why they aren't doing something. Sometimes just asking a simple question, you realize there's a barrier that they could easily fix. They just like, they just need to tell you what the barrier is. Um, I remember I was talking to my aunt recently and she was like, she kept complaining about her cell phone reception and how her, you know, she had no, she couldn't ever talk to people because it was so bad. She was trying to attend church on Zoom and it would never, her her cell phone was so bad. And I was like, do you have internet? And she said, no, it's too expensive, yada, yada. And I was like, look, I'm, you're on you're on um, public assistance. I'm, I, I'm going to look up a program and see if there's something in Georgia that can offer you affordable Wi-Fi. And within a couple mm-hmm. weeks, she had $10 a month Wi-Fi, you know, and it was all just from a sense of, oh, this is the way it is. And I think, you know, just opening up that conversation with someone in your family to see maybe why it is that they're not doing something and listening and listening and then gently trying to help them find their way toward a solution can be the way. But I I, I, I totally identify with this question and I, I empathize with anyone out there looking at their parents and being like, oof, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all okay, I have to say. Okay, that was a good question. <laughs> no, that was a good question. Yeah, thank you, Sarah, so much. All right, y'all, that wraps it up for Q&As. It's time for Boost or Breaker Booster, Breaker Booster, Break. Um, Are you going to boost or are you going to break? Well, Tiffany knows I'm thinking on the fly here. I have a, and, and it's going to, I have multi, multi mini boosts. I'm going to boost okay. supporting a local bookstore. Um, yes. I recently, you can order books online from your local bookstores, y'all. And, uh, and they're so nice about the books that you order. I just ordered a few books from my local bookstore. I'm just trying to think, how can I support small businesses? To be honest, I feel a little guilty because I did a lot of shopping on Cyber Monday or Black Friday, whatever it was, because big, big retailers are having some pretty big sales. But anyway, um, so shop small if you can this holiday season and support local businesses. That's my first boost. And then I finally sat down and watched Jingle Jangle on Netflix last weekend. So good. When I say good, <laughs> Tiffany, you got it. And I know you're not into TV and all kind of stuff, but you got to watch this movie with Supergirl. You have to. It is so good. It's like it's it's like the it's like the fantasy um uh, a Disney movie. It's not Disney though, but it's like the fantasy film for children that we deserved as little black children in this country. Mm. There is oh like the the plot, the 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 quality, oh my god, everything from the hair, the, just Go for the hair, the makeup, and the music, but stay for the quality of the story because it is all so good. The music was produced by John Legend. I don't know who did hair and makeup, but you'll never, like these natural hairstyles that they created, these looks that they created on these beautiful black performers, the cast is mostly black and people of color. They're singing and dancing and the storyline is so good. It's, it's basically about an inventor, a famous inventor whose apprentice steals his uh, steals his inventions, his his master playlist mm. for inventions, and it kind of takes place like I don't know, like eighteen hundreds e times, and and it kind of and it features the power of his daughter and her daughter, his granddaughter, in helping him get back to finding his own magic as an inventor. And there is a little girl who plays the heroine 
um, of this movie. And she is like a mathematical genius and she is beautiful and she sings and she is adorable. And there's like a little, and, and her and her and her um, her sidekick, his name is Edison. It's like really adorable British um, black boy. Like you don't see Carol, like this is, a, it was so good. I'm going to shut up now, but it was amazing. And I hope there's sequels and threequels and all that because it was that that good. They really did that movie justice. Oh, sounds delightful. Watch it as a family. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I'll do like uh, a little bit of a, a, well, I guess it's kind of boost, like in, in like another kind of like break. So boosting for, I don't know, did, did you watch Un- Unforgiven, um, Dave Chappelle? Did we talk about it? No, we didn't. Did you see it on his um, IG page? Unfor- did I watch? Did- is it like one of his specials? Uh, so- so, um, no, Unforgiven is like this 20, 18 to 20 minute, um, I wouldn't even call it special, just kind of like his audience chat that he posted. Um, he's a master storyteller, but the purpose of the chat was to ask people, I don't know if you've seen the signs where people are like, um, where he says like, don't watch Chappelle show. Mm-mm. I don't know if you've heard people talking about it. Okay, so so uh, uh, many people know that, you know, years ago he signed a contract with um, Comedy Central and it was like a $50 million contract. It was a banner contract. Chappelle show was one of the most popular sketch shows in history ever made. Mm. Um, but he walked away because he... It wasn't in alignment with how he wanted to show up. I'm not. I'm not certain of the of the specifics of why he walked away. But as a result of walking away, they kept. You know, they kept his um, his creative property. And he's like, yeah, I signed a contract, but it was a crappy contract. And so, um, you know, we all know he's made a huge comeback. He has Netflix. Um, he has a deal with Netflix. I think it's like sixty million dollars. And um, but. Now Comedy Central, which I think is owned by Viacom, has been like now that he's like out here shining again, they um, put they they leased or licensed Chappelle's show to Netflix and HBO to play. And he was pissed about it because he doesn't get any money. Mm. You know, like his blood, sweat and tears. You guys said that he was a loser, but not so much now that you want to use his you know, his intellectual property. Um, and it was just a testament to why ownership is so important. Um, why, you know, I don't know if you guys saw Save the Last Dance, where Scottie Pippen, he, when he first signed his contract, when he was a young basketball player, you know, he had many brothers and sisters, and I think his father was sick, so he didn't sign the best deal. So even though he was six-time winner, number two basketball player in the league, he was paid 125th or something crazy like that. Um, So it's just things like that that's just like, it's, it's a it's a boost in that to watch it, but it's a break to be because it's kind of sad how people and the industries take advantage of people, use up all of their talent mm. and their gifts, and then not wanting to, you know, not wanting to equitably pay folks. Even if you signed a contract, one thing that Dave said, he's like, I signed the contract, but does that make it right? Yeah, like you know, like I I, I remember I, sh- I shared the story with you that there was a company where they um. I did something for them just for free because I thought it was a good thing. It was a it's a conference to help black women. And that's how they pulled me in. And I was like, you know what? This sounds great. Not too many black women are doing, you know, um, are making courses. So they were like, oh, we'd love for you to, to, you know, do this conference with us. And I said, sure. Did the conference. And I probably, I did sign whatever. But I'm thinking like, yeah, I, to sign to say you can use my image for the conference. Like maybe a year later, I saw my image in an ad. And I was like, hey, what's this? I I didn't agree to be in an ad. 
And I remember it was in the CEO, CMO, and he said, yes, you did. Did you read the contract? I was like, wow. Hmm. But the only thing that saved it was they want me to do other work with them. And I guess he thought about it because I was about to come back and be like, yo, it's a wrap for you. Because I'm one of, well, I'll keep it like, I don't want to say the company. But they came back. I was like, oh, but if you want us to take it down. I said, take it down. Take it down. And then I proceeded when I got on the phone to be like, honestly, the audacity and the gall, like, don't do that. I did that conference in service to black women. You tricky, shysting sheisters, right? <laughs> I couldn't believe it, <laughs> right? But that's not the first time. There, There is this one company that reaches out every single year to all the financial folks so they can make their fake top 10 list. Top 10 financial advisors to follow. But then you read the contract, Mandy, and it says, we can use your image anyway, anyhow, any, it literally says anywhere in the universe in perpetuity. The universe? <laughs> That's I was insane. like, so in, on Pluto, <laughs> Pluto, they go, and I remember what, so I can be included in your list? No, that is their way of being able to take your image and use it however they want. And I remember like, cause the first year I was so geeked to do it. You know, of course I signed, I didn't even look at the contract really, I signed. And the second year they reached out, I read it and I was like, well, this seems a little overreaching. Why doesn't it just say, hey, you gave us the right to use your picture to be one of the top 10 people for this particular article? Why does it have to say all this? And they were like, oh. I said, well, I'm not signing. They're like, well, you signed it last year. I said, well, I'm not signing. This is crazy. And then I looked, and so many of our friends were on the list. I'm sure they didn't look. Because, you know, you don't. You would never think. But now I am so careful. Like, there are a bunch of projects that I have done that I've gone in and edited it myself and said, nope, 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 nope. You cannot use my image anywhere in the universe in perpetuity. You can have me selling Colt 45 in 10 years like, <laughs> on your platform. So just being mindful of like ownership of your image and even as your whatever empire that you're building for yourself, being mindful of the decisions that you make now, would you be okay with with the terms 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? I have said no to so many air quote opportunities that seem huge in the moment, but in the long term, I know that I would regret them. Um, So just being mindful of that. So it's like a kind of like a boosty boosty i don't know if it's a break but definitely like a boosty cautionary tale taily so that's it and you haven't watched unforgivable on dave chappelle's uh, ig you totally should i did not know he was doing like a ig series that's dope i love it i did watch the um his interview with dave letterman just real quick on netflix he does reveal i think for the first time why he walked away like the incident that happened dave letterman's a pretty good interview i know he's problematic but whatever um dave chappelle he it was something about there was a joke there was a skit that he was doing and it was at the expense of black people with a punchline and he said he someone in this in the crew like a white guy the way that he laughed set dave chappelle off and it was something like that i really mm-hmm. encourage y'all to check out his interview with dave letterman because it was really good and the, and he really hadn't spoken about why he walked away from 50 million dollars and it was interesting to hear his perspective and i could watch him talk all day so i will be checking out what's it called unforgiven no unforgivable yeah unforgiven mm-hmm. it's, i think it's unforgiven it's just like it's just i don't even know that he's doing a series he just posted on his ig and it's just so masterfully told it's just yeah awesome all righty all right. Well, that was a great boosty breaky. I love a good boosty breaky. Okay. Y'all. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. It's December. What the heck? All right, you guys. I know. We will see y'all next week. Let's finish out this year right. 
just we're strong. almost there. We're, we're almost strong. there to 2021. <laughs> I don't know what's on the other side of this particular rainbow of dumpster fires, but I hope it's something nice. I, I bet you it is. Stay positive. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.